from Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment. This is the Award Circuit Podcast. I would I would say odd 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 was this this, this the icebreaker. I mean, we are people who have the highest amount yeah. of film industries in one individual country. I think RRR added to it. RRR made it one big Indian film industry today. You know, today globally, yes, globally. Uh, you know, RRR stars NTR Junior and Ram Charan have been friends for over 20 years. They relied on one another for the extensive shoot of S.S. Rajamouli's Indian Tollywood epic that has taken global cinemas by storm. I'm Clayton Davis. On this episode of the award-winning Variety Award Circuit podcast, we sit down with the two actors as they celebrate the phenomenon of RRR. Also, on this episode, we sit down with living star Bill Nye. But first, the roundtable dissects the Golden Globe winners and the Screen Actors Guild Award nominations. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Hey everyone, happy awards season. We are in the thick of it right now. I am Variety's Michael Schneider along with Janelle Riley. Good morning. <laughs> Jazz Tanke. Good morning. And Clayton Davis, the busy, busy Clayton Davis. I mean, no lie, we are in the mix of it this week. I mean, literally, we had the Golden Globes on Tuesday. We had SAG nominations on Wednesday. We have DGA. This is the week. I mean, it's all real. It's all happening. So, And we're only halfway done, right? Because we've got PGA, Critics' Choice being announced on Sunday. PGA Thursday, and then uh, the opening of Oscar voting also Thursday. And all the guilds. Yeah, it's happening. We're getting yep. some focus. Yeah, I know. We're, getting, alive, we're, getting, we're getting answers. We do have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we definitely got answers with the Golden Globes, what it was going to look like, who was going to show up, how how was it going to go? I thought Gerard Carmichael was great. I loved his opening monologue. It was very much in his style. Uh, the show went a little too long, but on balance, I don't know. I thought it was pretty entertaining. What did everyone else feel? I thought he did a great job. I did. And I know he's, he made some risky jokes and it, I, I think you were in the room. I don't know how they played in the room. It didn't sound like they landed, but they landed for people watching on TV. I yeah. think. Well, I think with the room though, the problem with that room is everyone is so busy talking and, so, and it is so hard to pay attention to what's going on on stage because it gets so loud. And, and Drod even mentioned that when he opened the show, he's like, Oh, I'm going to have to tell you all to shut the fuck up the entire show. And apparently he had to because it, it was hard. But those jokes, I think there was a moment of gasping because. People were, I think, impressed, but also shocked that he would go there with things like Shelly Miscavige and and uh, <laughs> the Whitney Houston joke. I mean, he went there, but I, I thought he, he did handle himself very well. I know some people didn't feel that way, but I thought so. Well, the, the Shelly joke right before introducing people from Top Gun, too, was extra daring. Nice. Yes. <laughs> It played well in the press room for anybody who's covered the press room. Like you get, we had the intro and then as soon as people start coming backstage, like it starts cutting out. So you're missing bits. You don't get to watch the full show, but the bits that we did see, I mean, they did play well. And I think there were several gasps and lots of laughs, definitely like with the Whitney joke and the Tom Cruise joke. Um, But yeah, I think it was, it was definitely a fun Night. Yeah, 
Well, let's yeah. face it. No, no, no one else is watching the show anymore, other than people in the industry. So you might as well play to the industry and do some inside jokes. I mean, the fact that Gerard name checked Helen Hone in his monologues, like who's going to get that outside yeah, of the people he just in this room Helen, right? and the industry people watching? Uh, can, I, can, I, can I also say that, or can I ask, like? Do we say it Hone? Because whoever did the announcer for her when she came out was like Helen Hone. Like it was very like deep <laughs> guttural that we all like we started to, like, why are they screaming at us? Like there was a lot of uh technical moments. When it comes to Ger- I think Gerard actually was pretty refreshing because it's a different type of MC than people are used to seeing yeah. on on uh on a stage such as that. Um what's interesting scene is that i and i've been an advocate of trying to bring the lifetime achievement awards back to the oscars but when i see it at the globes i go oh yeah this is why we moved it to the governor's awards and i i think eddie murphy was fine but i feel like that really eddie murphy and ryan murphy screeched it to a halt like it felt Mm. long it was very robust show and it there were 24 27 categories 28 i think 28 or something like that yeah there was a lot to get through and i remember like at just at one point i was like oh my god we have so much like tv stuff left like it it it, it felt a little bloated and there was no film clips and um and we should know this by now not having film clips is a problem and tv clips any clips but if you include those it adds another 40 minutes right but nothing is better than the best actor tv drama debacle <laughs> oh, trying to figure that out <laughs> please michael recap that because that is the best story yeah i mean to be fair it's a debacle for those of us covering I, I i don't think for for people watching they would have ever even known that originally the best actor in a drama uh category was supposed to be the fourth award uh announced early in the evening but then it was pushed back and no one really knew why uh but i asked around and it turns out it, it's a really simple uh, uh explanation you know we've had these torrential rains here in mm-hmm. los angeles and, and in southern california really all of california i think northern California is getting it even worse but uh you you had two nominees in that category and Kevin Costner uh and uh, uh Jeff Daniels um who both wait not Jeff Daniels Jeff Bridges Jeff Bridges, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. thank you yeah like, Mike has the, the largest coffee by the way I am trying to stay awake I was like <laughs> yeah. Jeff Daniels that did not sound right Jeff Bridges thank you uh they're both in in the Santa Barbara area there was a thought that maybe at least Jeff Bridges could could make it there uh in time but the 101 is washed out they thought maybe yeah. they could fly him in but then the airport was uh open and then it was closed again and so they pushed the award back to later in the evening thinking that maybe they could get him there in time ultimately they couldn't but that was a simple case of shifting around the run of show because of that and trying to get people there uh, because you know clearly this year it was very important for the globes and the hfpa to try to get as many uh you know a-list yeah. talents uh on the show as possible possible so uh, that's and i just want to say i'm from oregon i know heavy rains i know flooding and i know people across the country might be listening to this and thinking what's the big deal it's rain this is some of the worst rain i have ever seen and the fact is los angeles is not built for it you know the the way the roads are designed that's that's what it is that we're that people are not because the state isn't built for this it just makes it like worse than yeah whereas any other place it'd just be like oh it's raining really hard and just chill out for a second but no they had to you know ellen and megan and harry had to leave their houses <laughs> they had to evacuate so it's pretty pretty damn uh uh telling but the road, it, the, oh, the, 
No, the roads aren't built for it. That's the problem. Like I was yeah. driving to a Q&A that night. And as like Janelle said, like, I mean, I'm a Brit and I'm so used to rain, but like I was messaging my friend. I was like, I have to drive in this and I'm terrified because LA drivers, you are the worst. Do <laughs> not Even speak. when it's not raining. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I so, will and, say and, this- and, and by the way, I'm in the Valley. So I always feel like I'm in a bowl anyway. So I just feel like, oh, this is the end. Like for, for me here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, the Valley is curved. So yeah. we're just. A complete side bar, uh, bar real quick. Uh, you know, everyone always says, well, why is the L.A. River? Why does it look like a ditch? Why? Why was it encased in concrete? But it is for moments like this. If it wasn't like that, then we would have had massive flooding, especially around the river area, Atwater Village, uh, Los Feliz, mm-hmm. uh, Silver Lake. If it wasn't sort of encased in concrete. So it's sort of, you know, it's not the prettiest of rivers, but it does serve a purpose why it is in that concrete. And, and, and this week was a good example of why we have that because otherwise, yeah, we'd all be sort of wearing our, uh, you know, moccasins now. So, so yeah. So back to the globes, um, back to, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Back to the globes. We, we do, uh, because they actually give out winning uh, winners which were all pretty pretty good tv side they, they i thought they excelled they, yeah. they, they usually do frankly yeah but yeah. they really did, like i mean quinta tyler uh tyler, james williams yeah. oh, was, tyler. tyler was yeah so like at one point i was like l- like look at them go and then w- once it was tyler and quinta i was like oh abbott's gonna do it it's gonna be great yeah. and oh, then yeah. it did yeah so a big big winner on the tv side White Lotus uh, redeemed itself after uh, not even getting nominated last year, and Jennifer Coolidge losing last year uh, now won Coolidge and it won. Uh, and by the way, season. Jennifer Coolidge accepted Star of the Night. Of the night. I, I mean, I, that has to be the record for the most bleeps in a acceptance <laughs> speech ever. Right? Like, I, I don't even know the stats on that, but I'm sure she broke it yesterday. Oh, but, speech and presentation. Of and the presenta- night. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But she was amazing. I mean, give her all the awards now because you know you're going to get an amazing speech, and that's what that's the the beauty of award shows. You know, yeah, yeah. every once in a while you have amazing moments like that. And I mean, and, 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 and wait, and maybe not spoil your show in the middle of <laughs> said speech. No, <laughs> I think there's been enough time. Uh, yeah. No, because Clayton watched, Davis hasn't watched it yet. That's oh, on you. Oh my about this weeks ago. I am in the middle of film season, and I watch Dude. stuff when so film are we season's all? over. We've seen, we have no sympathy <laughs> for you. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I watch that's some stuff, you. but like some stuff that requires my attention, I wait. So then I was like, thanks. You said so on this podcast weeks ago. That you would watch it that week. So. I was, I, well, Jessica started it, and then I needed to catch up. Whatever, it's fine. I was um, happy with Jeremy <laughs> Allen White, though the bear. No, yeah, seeing him, the bear is going to be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Emmy come come Emmy season, it's going to do really really well. Something else I think is really because because people always say like, how do the Globes affect the Oscars? And you know the the standard answer is they really don't. There's no overlap in voting, et cetera, et cetera. But you have these moments like Michelle Yeoh giving a great speech. You know, and that definitely, you know, motivates people to want to see more of that or to like really endear. I mean, everyone already loves Michelle Yeoh, but like, you know, a lot of these people like just just made stronger cases for themselves with great speeches yeah. last it, night. It provides momentum. And yeah, it's momentum to your campaign. And, uh, you know, wrapping up TV, HBO, obviously just getting two of the top categories and you have ABC with Abbott. Um Evan Peters train, I think, probably started yesterday for the season. 
uh, very happy about Paul Walter Hauser. And then you get Me to, too. yeah, mm-hmm. it was just, re- it was just really, really. People really, love that yeah. performance. Yeah. And his Ray Liotta uh, tribute was, yeah. was really sweet. Then you go to film side, uh, Fablemans, which had, had been stumbling, stumbled in last week because they had a very, uh, underperformance at the BAFTA long list where Spielberg was not long listed. Fablemans wins picture and director at the globe. Good bounce back. I think in the expanded era, the movie that won the TIFF audience award and the globe, there's only been like five and all of them have won best picture. So. This goes to my original prediction of I do I think I said it on this on one of the first podcasts that I think we're gonna twist ourselves into pretzels and nuts all season, saying it's gonna be something else and it's just the fablemans. Like it it could yeah. just be the fablemans. And I think we're just overthinking this. Um, but Banshee's been a Sharon, lead, leading nominations and leading winner, that feels like your challenger at the moment that isn't Top Gun Maverick. Interesting. Do you think, because Janusz Kaminski missed for ASC, which we we discussed and we kind of yeah. knew he was going to He win, misses all the miss. time and so gets yeah. Oscar. That's why I'm never worried about him. <laughs> yeah, like, that's his thing. He misses ASC and he gets Oscar. Um, but then, but that shifts now when you go to SAG um, because yesterday I was like, oh, Elvis and we've talking we've spoken a lot about this Janelle and I have been on this like guys you need to open your eyes that Elvis could do it kind of nonsense um you nonsense. know people, well not not just because people don't people don't <laughs> no because people they, are like they, they, they think we're yeah. just like making this up we're like no yeah. we totally do it um but the miss at SAG today for ensemble was it was a day I'm not saying it's, it's the end of the road I'm just saying it's a ding well, it's uh, SAG ensemble is so hard that that for me that is always the hardest category to predict because frankly there's just such an embarrassment of riches and so I wasn't you know I was I thought that it might get in there because it's so beloved and it's like got so many great actors at the same time I'm not surprised I still think it's getting a Best Picture nomination oh I yeah for sure yeah. yeah it's yeah. not yeah Austin Butler still got in he did what he needed to do. Um, I think the train ended, I'm going to be honest, for Glass Onion, if yeah. anyone had hopes for that getting Best Picture, if it couldn't get an ensemble in favor of Babylon, by the way, because that's what that's what it is. And Babylon is still going to be that question mark on the morning. Does it get you get me it, it get zero nominations or it gets 10? Like it's going to be any. Of that, the like, yeah, so you it, don't it, think Glass Onion will get a Best Picture nomination? No, I, I, really? I, I I've always had trouble no. seeing. Listen, we're talking about four sequels in the running they've only done eight in history and there's four this year and i think avatar is in trouble like i've been very i think it is it's it's missed a bunch of stuff it did terrible at the bafta long list and oh, i don't think... don't clayton don't make them blue <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh the mic uh... <laughs> i love it so much uh, I'm blue. Coffee. Um, no, Avatar did terrible at the BAFTA long list, didn't get ASC, lost its two awards yesterday, and I've always believed um it went on the BAFTA portal on December 27th, and I was like, I need to watch this at home because I need to know how it plays at home. And I thought it played terrible in my house mm. because it's just become it's a video game, it's a cartoon at that point. You have to see it 3D. 4x IMAX high frame rate to get the experience, and it just went on the Oscar portal this week. 
So they have to watch it. And I don't think they're coming out to a theater. Like, I mean, some are obviously, but not enough. And I think when you watch it at home, it hurts it. And I think it's in trouble. I want to go back to your point about Babylon. Like Mm -hmm. at the Globes, Justin Hurwitz winning score. Yeah. Surprised me. I thought they were going to go the John Williams way. Or Actually, I, th- I thought I thought they were going to do Hildur. I, I'm I so disappointed. Too, I was yeah. so disappointed they they didn't. But Justin Hurwitz, he has two Globes: one yeah. for La La Land, he won the Oscar, and one for First Man, he didn't get nominated. So we'll see which one <laughs> ends up happening this time. Um, women talking though. Just speaking mm-hmm. of Hildur, women talking. Life breathed back today. Thank God it got SAG Ensemble because that's also a movie that's in trouble. Um, at, at, just because you can't choose any of the actors right now because there's too many great ones what a problem to have um and we'll see what what ends up happening but it could be it could still make it in uh to the lineup and the fact that it got in sag ensemble over a glass onion makes you feel kind of warm and fuzzy inside and over wakanda forever when black panther previously won oh angela bassett train started yesterday oh my gosh full speed ahead let's go it feels great i thought like listen i thought she was gonna lose the globe i thought that'd be the thing that she could lose and everything else would be fine but the fact she won the globe i was like oh no so now it's on like she is Straight Can up. we talk about her husband, Courtney B. Vance, filming on his iPhone her speech, so even though yeah. it's being sent out to millions of people in the world? Like, I think you got. I think her publicist got that covered, dude. Like you could just watch. It's fine. But yeah. Oh, it's so sweet, so sweet. Oh I, they but, are couples' goals. So let's talk about something. We have to. We have to get the heart going again. The heartwarming thing of SAG today, Stephanie Shu. Thank yes. God. Oh my gosh. Stephanie Shu and Hong Chow, I want to say, in the same category. Both of them. Yes. Both of them incredibly deserving. By the way, not can, imagine, can, imagine, can you imagine if Dolly also makes it too? We have three I know, Dolly, Dolly fantastic Dolly. Asian actresses and supporting actresses. Yeah. I'll die. I'll die. And they're all so deserving, but it's just such a competitive category. We didn't know if they were going to make it. So surprising, but not, but like a good surprise. Stephanie Shu is the purity one. That's the one you're like, yeah. How do you God. deny that performance? That is thank the best exactly performance of the year. Yeah. What's helping Hong though is the menu on HBO. Genius. Yeah, I, I agree. think people are watching that. Well, yeah. that came after voting. Oh, no, voting closed last week. So, yeah, no, you're it, partly because of that, but also. It signaled to me that Brendan Fraser is not dead yet, and people wanted to say that that's over well, for him. Saying I, I, that that's ridiculous. There, there are people. There, are, I mean, listen. There are people who think this is Austin. Give Colin. me names. I will find them. <laughs> Twitter guy two Twitter. three four. All right, I'm um, coming for you, yeah. Twitter guy. Twitter handles. Um, but no, it, that is a signal because that I feel like big performances like that that are going to run away with it usually will pull in supporting nominations, even things that kind of feel like out of nowhere and unwarranted that's why i was that's why up until now i was predicting tom hanks for elvis because i thought he was gonna get pulled in with austin butler so he still could he still still, totally still could by the way i think in addition to hong chow and stephanie shu my favorite and i keep i say surprise even though all of these people are wonderful so it's never a full surprise adam sandler for hustle first sag nod finally finally yeah. Listen, I don't I, do. I don't think that's going to translate. I, I don't think it I don't think it matters. It's fine. Like we can be happy. I mean, maybe it does cuz actually that would be really cool, but we so haven't very had a strange category. We haven't had a a lineup of all first-time nominees since 1934. Just to wow. all first-time nominees. They're all first-time nominees. There's so many first-time nominees period at SAG. The only former nominees 
uh, our best actress, Viola and, and Kate, who have won before, Eddie Redmayne and supporting, and that's it. And I'm wow. sure it's been pointed out, but when Michelle Yeoh won uh, lead actress in a, a comedy musical drama uh, last night, she's only the second, I believe, second Asian. Asian actress. The yeah. first being Aquafina. I think just a couple thir- years ago. I think third or fourth woman of color. I think wow. I, I, I have to go back. I think Anna, Angela Bassett. And, no, it is, she is because Angela Bassett was the first right. black woman ever Useful. to win yeah. that category. So yeah. And by um, the way, I didn't realize it had been thirty years or so since Angela Bassett was up there claiming. I know it's weird because I, 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 I saw it and uh, I'm only twenty, so that's crazy. <laughs> um, the the last thing, elephant in the room, Michelle Williams omitted. I wonder if people like Clayton, you would know better than I would, obviously, but um, are people submitted in certain categories? Like, did Pete love that you said, love that you asked it? Yeah, I love that you asked it because here it goes, and this is why you need to worry. SAG honors the submission, you can't vote for Michelle Williams in supporting, she will only be on your lead ballot. So that means they said, now we're good. Anna de Armas, here you go. Danielle Deadweiler, here you go. Which, by the way, thank you. Lord Jesus for Danielle Deadweiler <laughs> making it. Thank oh, best thing. I am not surprised by Anna, by the way. I'm not I, either. I think, she, I think yeah. she eats into that uh, European demographic. Yeah. And what that movie like startled people here, I think Europeans are like, this is cinema. And I yeah. think they're going with it. Yeah. That, that, But I think Michelle Williams, I think I, I'm, and Paul Dano made it. So you can't even be like, oh, the movie's just like, no. They said and yes to Paul Dano and Ensemble, and they said, no, we're good, Michelle Williams. I mean, part of it is just that lead actress is crazy competitive. I mean, we knew somebody was going to be left out, but yeah, but, it uh, was very yeah. And then uh, that, that, that might be it. Banshees and Everything Everywhere led with five. They tie the record for the most SAG nominations in history. And uh, TV, and TV uh, no House of the Dragon and Lord of the Rings and Ensemble. Uh, House of Dragon won last night at the Globes, and what else was missing? A little crown under performance period because they went Elizabeth Debicki and not Melta Stone, which was funny. And a yeah. lot of Barry a- Anthony Yay. Kerrigan. Thank you, Noho Hank. Noho Hank. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm in Noho now. I just moved, so I'm in his <laughs> neighborhood. There you go. That was interesting, though. That uh, you know, Noho Hank, but no uh, Henry Winkler. Um, so. And also interesting, Jonathan Banks for Better Call Saul, not because he's not brilliant, but he wasn't nominated for the Emmy. But yeah. no Ray, Ray Seahorn. Seahorn. Yeah, oh, they, I, re- I don't understand what's going on. I don't. Well, I mean, it's it's she, she killed someone. She killed someone a long time ago. No one's forgiven <laughs> her. We don't know about it. They just I mean, keep it between themselves. SAG is tough. Mike, you to find out. They don't have those supporting categories. So it is interesting when you do see someone who's generally supporting like an Anthony Kerrigan or uh, a Jonathan Banks to elevate to this these these really competitive fields. So that's... Well, now that they're on Netflix, maybe <laughs> they can add those supporting categories and not care about the length oh of the gosh, show. Oh my gosh, yes, we haven't even talked about that. Good, Great move. Everyone else that has an award show needs to follow suit. Globes go to Peacock, Oscars go to Hulu, Disney Plus, and ABC, and everyone, and then Grammys, Paramount Plus, Tonys, Paramount Plus also, everyone has a good day. Especially now, because you don't have to bleep or censor. I mean, now that everyone clearly wants to just drop them (laughs) F-bombs and and shit bombs uh, on these shows, you put it on Peacock, don't need to bleep it anymore, you get to hear it in all its unfiltered glory. 
So just for anyone who doesn't know, um, Sagward's going to be broadcast on on Netflix or on their. I, well, I was a little this, confused by the wording. So this, this year, year, oh, good, Mike. Yeah, I was just, yeah, this year it'll be on their YouTube channel because there isn't enough time for them. Yeah, you know, they, they've, they haven't been doing live programming on Netflix. They still need to build that infrastructure. So there's not enough time this year to do that. So it'll be on Netflix's YouTube channel this year. But by 2024, they'll have that infrastructure in place where they can finally do some live programming on Netflix. So this is a new evolution for them as well. So where will it actually be, the show? YouTube.com slash Netflix. Gotcha. Okay. And how do we feel about this? Uh, well, I mean, this year, it, I mean, this year kind of like sucks just because like, you know, it's YouTube just for this year. But going forward next year, I'm I'm down. I, I, t- I tell yeah. you, I think, I, I, think, I think it's a really, really good move. I mean, um, considering um, up yeah. until yesterday, we thought, wow. What, are they going to stream this on like, you know, on, on FaceTime, like on Zoom? Yeah. Like what, where were we going to be able to see the SAG Awards? It was a big mystery and they pulled this out. I mean, this it was is- such a mystery. I pre-wrote a lead for today's story that was all based around the idea. We didn't know where the SAG Awards would be airing and, and had to throw, had to throw that, that genius writing of mine out. <laughs> Cutting room floor. It, I'm, I'm sure it would have been, been great. There's so many things that we write that never make it. <laughs> and probably probably for the best frankly yeah 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 no absolutely so well onward i guess uh we we uh see what's next with the nominations and and this week's guest this this week's guest is best original song dancers from not do not do the rr boys nt nt dr jr sorry and um rama charan and then Bill Nighy of Living. Oh, who got a SAG nomination today? Yay. I'm sorry. I mean, not a surprise, but again, you just never know. You don't know what people are I, watching. I, so. I, I think that movie's in Best Picture, man. I love I, that I think film. it's in I Best Picture. So. I hope you're right. And he and I made, we shared, well, we didn't share a coffee, but he made coffee instead of tea, but he does travel with his tea. So we talk about. Oh God! It's gonna be Things. the most British podcast. I know right? it totally is. Yes, it's gonna sorry. be great, guys. I promise. You talk about <laughs> Nando's or what, what's that restaurant you recommend? Nando's. We don't. Nando's. We don't okay. talk about Nando's. I'm headed to England in a couple of weeks. I am too. I'm going to the Baftas. My first yeah, time. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. I'll see you there. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, our, our UK listeners hit up Clayton and Janelle. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe should have like a meet and greet. <laughs> it's my first time. I'm gonna look for something to. It is my yeah. first time this year. I was just there <laughs> just there a couple months ago. Got to see some great theater, including Back to the Future, the musical, which I'm sure we'll be Love. talking about. <laughs> Love it. Well, well, maybe you'll have room in your schedules to meet with uh, <laughs> some folks out there. Uh, well, again, happy Globes. Happy everything, everyone. We will talk with you next week. Bye-bye. We'll be more rested. Yes. After the break, RRR stars NTR Jr. and Ram Charan. From Los Angeles, this is the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. And I'm Clayton Davis. 
The three-hour action epic RRR follows two patriotic but philosophically opposed men who team up to rescue a girl from British colonial officials in 1920s Delhi. The grueling shoot took over three years, and the stars found themselves in all sorts of different situations, including being suspended in harnesses, as well as learning and synchronizing the iconic song, Natu Natu. Not salsa, not flamenco, my brother. Do you know? Natu? What is Natu? Polam gattu dummulo na potla gitta dhuki nattu pole ramma jataralo pota rajugi nattu Kirru seppu nesu kori karra saamu zesi nattu marri sattu nilolo na kurra gumpu kooli nattu Yerra jonna rottelo na mira patokku garbi nattu Na paata zoodu, na paata zoodu, na paata zoodu Nattu, 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 vila nattu Despite being snubbed as India's international feature for the upcoming 2023 Oscars, RRR has been a critical favorite, picking up a Golden Globe win for original song. It's also been nominated for five Critics' Choice Awards this year, including Best Picture, which takes place on Sunday. Darien's Films, the U.S. distributor of RRR, launched a full awards campaign after India chose Pan Nalan's last film show to represent it in the Oscars international feature race. A global sensation, the action musical broke the record for the biggest opening day collectively earned by an Indian film. Spoken in Telugu, it represents the first Tollywood film to enter and garner major awards recognition stateside. I recently spoke to both Ram Charan and NTR Jr. about RRR, but I began by asking how they've reacted to the whirlwind success of the film. It feels great. I mean, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. You know, sometimes you think about it. LA has <clears throat> always been a spot of for holiday or, or, or America as such was a place for holiday or, you know, meeting family, you know. But all of a sudden... LA and America in general, America in general has become a workplace now. You know, we've never imagined this would happen. Yeah. You know, we come from the southernmost part of India, the southern part of India. And uh, here we are today, very proud of being Indians, you know? <clears throat> yeah, Clayton, I still can't believe I'm sitting in the studio in LA. And like you said, it was always uh, a place of pleasure. And coming here for work, it is still digesting. I'm still, you know, getting around it. Uh, I think it's great. And it's, uh, as the world is becoming one, the cinema is also becoming one. And, uh, uh, you know, you guys have really been kind. And, uh, you know, you appreciated us. And it's really overwhelming to be here. Yeah, it's, it's easy to to be kind to movies that are great movies. And this came from the insane mind of S.S. Rajamuli. He, I, I don't. I would give anything to read the production notes on this movie to see what someone thought was too far or not, or that we shouldn't do that part. Cause it's so 
out there and it works so well. Absolutely. You guys filmed this in 2018. Started it. Started, started it in 2018, yes. And then ran Ended 2021, I guess. Just 21. Before. Just a couple just. of months before the release is when we did our last shot. <laughs> and pandemic obviously played obviously. into yeah, that. Yeah, obviously. yeah, We lost in eight months there. Like This everyone. was technically supposed to be the fastest movie of SSR. But, <laughs> but he planned it. You know, yeah. he, 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 he planned for that. But <laughs> but didn't happen. Yes, we were hit by the pandemic. I mean, no no second thoughts about that. The whole world was, you know, the whole world was in a standstill. Yeah. So were we. We had to get off and 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 stop, shoot and halt, and then move on again. But having said that, Raj Modi still took his sweet time. <laughs> and I like, you know, I would like to agree with you on one thing: the insane mind <laughs> of SSR. Yes, <laughs> he is insane. Let's talk about not do not do. Uh, nominated for a Golden Globe, shortlisted at the Academy Awards for Best Original Song. Yep. I believe NTRU told me recently, S.S. Rajamuli only likes to do things that he feels everyone can do. Mm-hmm. I watch Not Do Not Do, Rom. I don't think I can do a lot of it. I can do some of it. Um, but you did multiple takes for it. Having our unique style ourselves, each of us, and just to be in sync and have one style called SSR style. So that was the most difficult part. It's not the choreography that was very difficult or, you know, pulled us down or made our knees wobble. <laughs> yeah, but it's just uh, getting into sync of uh, what Mr. Rajmali was trying to ask us from this. And today I understand, of course, it was the toughest song we did in terms of getting the synchronization. But today I can understand why it is what it is. <clears throat> ah, because everybody in, you know, including, I'm sure you would have tried to too, Clint. You would have. So yeah, you know, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so that's the idea I think Rajmoli had, you know, he does not want to give, you know, give you these so super complicated steps. I mean, if you see what he's done in Magadhira and, or, or, or what I've done in yeah. my movies with Rajmoli before, he does not like to complicate his dance, you know, especially in, in, in his movies, you know. It is, it is good. It goes into the heart of the audiences only when you are willing or you have the chance to try it. You don't want to sit down here and say, Oh my God, you know, I can never do that. No, you wouldn't want to give it a try. Yeah. And that's exactly what Rajmoli had in his mind. You know, when people are not willing to try or even capable enough to try doing it, why will it? Why will it be nominated into the into the Golden Globes today, yeah. or shortlisted on you know for the Oscars? Mm-hmm. I think that was his his idea. As he said, the toughest part was the synchronization. It, <laughs> yeah. it was not the step by itself. Talking about your characters in the film, Ram, you represent fire, you represent water, and TR. Was there ever a moment that you guys thought about what it would be like if you had swapped roles, if you had played the other one? Do you think that actually could have? No, it's just fun. the other day I was telling, um, I think both our characters are very similar to us in real. And it, it came very natural when we were doing the scenes. Um, so I don't know, maybe I would love to try just for the heck of it to to get into NTR's <laughs> nature and character and mind. <laughs> I would love to. Why not? But I would tell you something for sure. I personally feel that, you know, with the friendship we've had over the past 20 years or 15 odd years, I think Charon's more of water because he, he's, he's, I would say he's, he's an introvert for sure. A little bit of extrovert qualities here and there come in and go. But I feel that Charon's more water for me because, you know, when you look at the sea in general, you know, you really cannot estimate the depth of it. 
Mm-hmm. It's just so peripheral. You don't know what's happening inside it. Yeah. Unless and until you are willing to go deep into it. So for me Charan as as a person in general is 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 very deep. You you cannot estimate <laughs> what you're getting into unless and until you're willing or he is willing mm-hmm. to invite you. So I would say that Charan's Charan for me is water. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody yeah, I'm an extrovert. I would, I, would, I, would, I would definitely agree on that. I'm and uh, NTR is somebody like what you see is what you get. Yeah. There's nothing hidden. Um so he is all in or all out. <laughs> it's as simple as that. If you want to do it, you'll do it and if if you don't then it's just not yeah, your thing. Yeah, that's impossible to make him do I think. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Looking at some of those other scenes I'm thinking about the swap again. Uh, there's one key killer scene in which you are on the shoulders of NTR. How, yeah. <laughs> so how do you plan for that scene? And are you harnessed or are you actually holding the weight? There was of, a safety of, harness. Yeah. There was a safety harness. Was, you know what? Again, 60% of it was still, was still I was still setting on him. That was a tough sequence for him. That was tough. But that's the reason I don't want to swap for such sequences. <laughs> you don't want to carry no, me. No, I'm happy shoulders. with you. You do not want to carry me after I've put on so much weight. No, no. Now, yeah, maybe he could try yeah. because I've 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 lost yeah. a bit of that muscle mass and I'm a little leaner than what I was back then. But yeah, but 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 that was that was that was hell of a sequence. I mean, uh, it, it it really demanded a lot from us. And you know what? It's not easy to be on a safety harness for a very long time. You know, it's so uncomfortable. You know, if you look at it, I have I was carrying him, but he was doing all these weird stunts from up there. You know, he was on a harness. But yeah, uh, having my, said that, it is our not, waist was is, almost going purple. Yeah, yeah. After the so, second day of holding the harness, that is not easy. I mean, you might think that just sitting on yeah, my shoulders is easy. No, so it was it was not easy on for both of us. And it was not. that went on for fifteen days. Yeah, and nights. Yeah, fifteen oh, nights. Sorry, 15 nights. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You said you you put on some mass. For, I mean, you guys both bulked up a yeah. lot for, for yeah. this yeah. for this role what was your routine to get yourself uh prepared simple plain routine clayton you know this is what everybody in the yeah uh, everybody, you know everybody it's just there's nothing special to it it's the same thing you know you know like like how every actor prepares yeah so but but, but the only thing we was challenging is is we had to keep that shape we had to retain that 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 shape or muscle we've retained for a very long time for three years. So that was difficult because when we were when we were halted by the pandemic, we still had to keep working out every day. Yeah, that constantly, was you know, be in shape. Three years is a lot to carry that kind of a body. That's that it it uh, that was tough. What's yeah. like your calorie intake during that time to put on the <sighs> the weight? Because that's what I'm gonna say. I, I'm putting on weight for a role right now. That's why I'm bulking up for for this. Right? That's why, that's why I'm gonna use it. So uh, come train with us. I was put on about three thousand calories a day. I was eating seven meals yeah. a day, seven meals, wow. and uh, it took me somewhere around a good sixteen months to seventeen to achieve that. Ooh. Tarek is very particular in how he eats and the calorie count. I've seen him on sets. <laughs> he would never eat. He would look at my food and. <laughs> Just smell it, but he would never touch for <laughs> three years. He did that. And I'm somebody, I think I'm more uh, uh, organic in my approach. I cannot. It's too much for me. I need some good food, bad food every day. <laughs> part of my, I need my sweets every day. And I think it took about, about seven to eight months uh, here and there. But the worst part was, uh, the most difficult part was to not eat and not have any of that, uh, you know, uh, 
just to take a back seat during the pandemic. Yeah. The scene in which you two meet. Yeah. Swinging off bridges. Wow. Saving uh, little kids. Uh, wrapping yourself in fire, throwing <laughs> flags. I mean, yeah. like what, what is that all green screen or like what, what, what? I wish the pendulum swinging was also in on green screen, but no, yeah. that was, that was real. That was real. The flag was real. For 12 days. The, we both were suspended. Uh, oh my God. Please don't even. It, t- it took 12 days. That yeah. Was, the whole bridge yeah. breaking the, the child and then our, both uh, both of us meeting and then the under, underwater sequence after that the whole Can you sequence that was the third day of the shoot oh, when yeah. we started in 2018 the first two days were, was very normal yeah. you know i was i was driving the bike he was sitting behind me and the first it day. was just chill the first two days you know we thought wow you know it's nice but that's when it started what's cooler riding a motorcycle or riding a horse i think i love horses I love, I love and cars. I can't, and I'm not very good on bikes. Yeah. And yeah, why is he worse? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the Tollywood of it all because this has been a great eye-opening experience for, for me myself. And I'm someone who loves film, loves non-English language. Can you talk about that impact for Tollywood and hopefully get to a place where it's not Bollywood, Tollywood, we're just Indian cinema. And then we're all just talking about cinema. I think we've already reached that stage, Clayton, now. Uh, well, I would I would say RRR was this 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 icing ice on cake, yeah. But uh, I think with Bahubali, <clears throat> somewhere Rajmali was this 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 director who could erase the imaginary lines of North North film industry or Southern film industry. You know, the Northern and the Southern, or the East or the West. We have different film industries. We have the Kannada. We have the Tamil. We have the Malayalam. We have the Telugu, we have the Hindi, we have the Bhojpuri, we have the Bengali. I mean, we are people who have the highest, you know, amount yeah. of film industries in one individual country. So with Bahubali, I think Rajmauli could could erase those yeah. imaginary lines and made it one Indian, big Indian film. I think RRR added to it. RRR made it one big Indian film industry today. You know, today... Globally, yes. Globally, uh, you know. I think today we don't represent... Yes, by heart, we are Telugites. But, but you know, first we are Telugites and then we are Indians, as I mentioned before. It, 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 it fills us with a lot of pride that we are Telugu people sitting down here and talking. But again, you know, today I think we are Indians as well. So, so it, it, it is a great breakthrough, you know, for, for us to sit down here and, and talk about work, share our culture, share our work patterns. You know, it, 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 it feels amazing. You know, it is, it's really good. And, and it happened. Only because of of one person's dream, SSR, yeah. SS Rajamauli, you know, and I think that's it's 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 a very clear example of when a master storyteller comes out with master stories. I think that's when everybody in the globe is ready to reach out. I mean, you know, to 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 accept it. I mean, we all knew the breakthrough was inevitable. It had to happen at some point, at some point, yeah. and uh, it happened with Bahubali, uh, the whole of India. And Asia knew who SSR was. And now the West is also enjoying his films. Yeah. As the world is becoming one, cinema is becoming one, the boundaries are being erased. And, uh, you know, uh, despite the culture and uh, the language, cinema has, has none of that. Cinema is one language. That's mm-hmm. the experience. That's the emotion, which uh, he somewhere cracked it in India uh, uh, until today. And... Uh, Indian audience have been uh, enjoying his emotion universally. And now even the West understands that it's not coming from a small state in India, but it's just a movie that is 
been produced and made in that small state. I think that was that should be the focus, you know, that, uh, yeah, I don't think we want to look up. Uh, I mean, we want to be addressed like a person coming from a small state and everything. But cinema is bigger than all of us. And I'm really proud that we're all part of this journey. And it began with SSR's uh, RRR. Yes. I like what he said, you know, cinema has one universal language. I, yeah. I really agree to what he said. Yeah. Totally. That's the deep water we're talking about. <laughs> you know, it's, it's no secret you're sitting down here with the awards editor of Variety. Yes. This is, yes. It, this is in the Oscar conversation. India didn't select it as its official submission. No shade to last film show. It's actually a very good movie. But everyone in the punditry world says you had a guaranteed win. If you just chose RRR, can you talk about, maybe we're not aware about the politics about India choosing a Tollywood movie that's in Telugu versus uh, other films that are typically in Hindi? Because I believe that uh, by uh, history, they traditionally pick something that's in Hindi and not Telugu. And even people who saw it on Netflix here, it's dubbed in Hindi, which I've never seen before. I've never seen non-English language film dubbed in another non-English language. Yeah. <laughs> so this has been uh, interesting to watch. Uh, a country with 1.4 billion people, population. I wouldn't say there's a lot of politics going on with choosing what films need to go, but I think I think the panel, which is sitting down there, knows what they do the best. So I'm not going to get down that road of talking about why RRR was not chosen as its official movie from the country. Well, talk about Hindi. I think, you know, Hindi has primarily been a national language for a very long time. So, and that's why, you know, it's, it's, it's been, I think Hindi has, has taken its prominence through that. But for us, or for me, at least I would say that choose RRR, don't choose RRR. RRR has already made us proud. I mean, Tarek is being really humble and nice, but I really won these two awards. <laughs> but at the same time, like he said, all of us talking about it, Clayton, you sitting here and even mentioning it yeah, about it, it itself uh, is it's quite satisfying for us. And we're really grateful to the audience here and you. So rest, everything is a feather on the hat. So I'm going to see if that feather falls on our hat or not. That's Let's awesome. wait for another day. <laughs> I just did not want to jinx it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep, keep, keep juju. One interesting thing that uh, we learned how big the both of you are in India. I've had people describe uh, you as the rock and Vin Diesel, but like, but, oh, God, but, yeah. can, but can dance like, <laughs> in a fantastic manner. What has been the conversation about the two of you transitioning to American cinema and making a big splash. Why here. not? Why not? You know, wow. we're, we're actors, Clayton. Bring yeah. it on, I would say. Bring it on, <laughs> bring you know? I'd <laughs> yeah, I mean, love to explore this. I would love to. And what I kind love... of movie would you love to do? Like you said, Rock and Wind Diesel. Wind Diesel, yeah. Yeah, to begin with. <laughs> we'll do a Fast and Furious version. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. That would be great. But I mean, yes, you know, as actors, I think we have to be open to yeah. to, to to accept what's given to us. And uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're very open to... I'm actually uh, eager to... Uh, Eager to I'm actually be a part to, of the movie. Uh, have your directors experience us as well on the sets, and I think uh, we will do a great job. Ah, so yeah, Steven yeah. Spielberg is watching. He feel free to oh. grab these two and great. Get, a, <laughs> get a good movie going. Uh, I have some fun questions for you, but yeah, before sure. uh, that happens, I, I brought you guys something. 
and I thought it would be great for us to talk with. Uh, oh my god! Wow, some jaguars. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is a tiger. A tiger was a dirt. Well, the jaguars. That's a gift for me to you. For thank you so much. Through our space here, don't throw it at each other though. We've seen you throw. I'm gonna go give it to my younger one. He loves tigers and jaguars. I want to talk about your 20 years of friendship. I want to see how well you guys know each other and what animal would you want to be if you could be any animal horse children would want to be so we've got to answer for each other right yeah, yeah answer okay for each other. i think oh, uh, for each other oh no actually that'd be better we yeah answer for each yeah. other yeah. Horse. horse i think children uh, would want to be a horse. tiger tiger yeah is that true yeah yeah yep is the horse true yes absolutely <laughs> <laughs> who would last longer in an actual fight with a tiger no. Two of you. Realistically, who would last no, a little no, bit longer? Little longer. Realistically, I think both of us will run. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be foolish if you take that hit. <laughs> if you were actually doing a dance battle of not do not do, who would win out of you two? I mean, uh, he would have got the step right, but uh, in terms of endurance, I would have gone, but he would have mm. got it perfectly in the. Moment. So, so the movie is correct then. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And giving him the win, he would have. All right. Who takes longer to do their hair on the day of uh, shooting? Tarek. Really? Sharon. Tarek takes a long time Sharon. to do his hair. That, not the makeup, the hair. You're, the hair. You're, you're very right That's, on your question. Not the you know, makeup. I, I, your I, hair I, bounces I, and waves. So no, I've like, got curly hair. Yeah. So it takes a little while. So to tame it, you know, it takes a little while. I think he's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Who broke character more on set? Who, like, laughed more or messed Tarek, up? Sharon. Tarek. Tarek. Sharon, I think Sharon. Like, Sharon, yeah. Sharon is a naughty boy who's not caught. <laughs> and I'm somebody who's caught. So yeah, so so yeah, so there's never gonna be an answer where you know he he or me are gonna win. No, it also he was a naughty it also boy. tells he you was... that maybe I never did anything. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's, it's Charm definitely the naughtiest. <laughs> what was the most fun you had on set? I think the most difficult uh, episode, and also I kind of uh, weirdly had fun was the 65 nights of uh, shooting the. The interval episode of us becoming arch rivals, mm. and then it's the intermission. So that episode, weirdly, sixty-five, 65 nights. nights. I think nobody would, any actor would hate doing that. But I weirdly enjoyed it. Like, uh, like, I, uh, like he told me one day, saying, uh, "I am the night owl. Mm -hmm. I like shooting in the nights, and he's more of a day person. So probably I enjoyed it more." Yeah. So I would say I would. I would say Natu Natu would definitely be something which was a good, which was a great experience. I had fun as well, but there was a lot of torture for that. But but you know, we were in Ukraine. We would we would after everything probably you know catch up, go out to a yeah. restaurant, you know get some food. You know, we had that. We had a good yeah. family time as well. I would say Natu Natu yeah. in Ukraine was in Kiev Just was yeah. a fun experience. We're gonna get sentimental. Please right. tell me. The best quality about the other person. What I like is he's one person, not just me. I, I know uh, hundreds of people around him would say the same. He's somebody you can really rely on at any point of the day, any uh, any time of the day, at any situation in your life. You know you can make that one call to him and he'll be there. That's the trust he has built over the years with anybody and everybody he has ever come across in his life. This is the number one quality I admire and love. And he's a great father. He's a great husband, great actor. And more than anything, he's a great friend. One of the very, very, very few friends 
you know, you have, you know, maybe you could just count on your fingers. But Charan would be definitely the first person I would want to call and share or ask for help or even rely upon. The first phone call I would do is is definitely to Charan. And and he's he's everything a friend needs to be. And he's everything a friend should be. He's everything a friend can be. And uh yeah, you know, just 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 this this he's this beautiful person who can who can literally, you know, give you a shoulder and say, you know what, it's all right. You know, Thank shit happens. The bromance. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. What's the scene that isn't in the movie that you were disappointed didn't make the final cut? I could have given a better close up if he was not oh, doing geez. those things right here. If in front he of did me. not irritate me, I think I would have done a, a better job also, you know? Please. The final question. Yes. Listen, there's been rumors about it. RRR part two. Wow. What? Rumors? I thought, I thought, I thought SSR said, I thought said, said it on one of the stages. I mean, it sounds like it's definitely happening, but I mean, listen, we don't know anything official. Things are always so secretive. We also don't, I mean, listen, it took four years to get this. I can't wait four years for <laughs> RR2. Just the announcement. Clayton, I'm on your side on this as well. So I have no clue as of now. My director has officially not told us. But yeah, I've been hearing it on the press, on the, one of the stages where he spoke after the screening, the Q&A. So, yeah, I'm waiting for him to roll this news with us. That's Ram Charan and NTR Jr., stars of the film RRR. The film is now streaming on Netflix. In Living, Bill Nye plays Mr. Williams, a civil servant who decides to seize life after receiving a terminal cancer diagnosis. But the film is anything but depressing. It discusses a couple of universal themes, one of which is mortality and the other procrastination. It's about a guy who works in an institution dedicated to making sure that things don't happen for most of his life, and then is given a diagnosis, which triggers a huge transformation. Nye has been earning rave reviews ever since the film screened at the Sundance Film Festival in 2022. The praise has been pouring in, first from British audiences, and now stateside and international. Variety's Jazz Tanke recently spoke with Nye about the film, as well as how he smuggles Yorkshire tea into America while shooting in Los Angeles. And he confirms whether or not Love Actually is really a Christmas movie. She began by asking him about the reaction to living. It's been something, really something. I mean, I did think we were going to make a good film, and everyone involved were all kind of, they were all assassins. But I, but I don't think anything would have prepared us for the rapturous nature of the response from audiences and from festivals and stuff. So it's been, uh, it's marvelous, you know. I mean, you make a lot of films, and some of them catch fire, and some of them don't. And this one is really, you know, you know you're in a hit when you get messages from people you haven't heard from for 35 years or something, <laughs> you know. And people saying, I can't get into the cinema, which is, of course, music to my ears. Yeah. I mean, why do you think the film resonated? I remember seeing the response out of Sundance, but then, you know, that was, you know, it was huge in the UK. Finally, America caught on. Why do you think this film and, you know, your characters resonated? Well, I think that, you know, as I say, the people who made it are very serious people. And the, and the director, Oliver Hermanus, 
is a young uh, director who'd never made a film outside of South Africa before. And he's a, he's a visionary director. You know, he's, you're going to be hearing from him, Oliver Hermanus. And he's done something very special. And everyone involved are all, they're all kind of brilliant people. And Stephen Woolley, the producer, is, I, this is my third film with him. Um, but I think it touches people. It discusses a couple of universal themes, one of which obviously is mortality, and the other is procrastination. It's about a guy who works in a, an institution dedicated to making sure that things don't happen for most of his life, and then is then given a diagnosis which triggers a, 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 a huge transformation. And as much as he tries to make something happen with what time he's le- he has left, and uh, people hit the street after seeing the film inspired and all the messages i've had they're all and all the responses they've all been the same yeah so the response is generally uh been one of uh an uplifting experience people feel that they they feel truly sort of inspired by it which is what it's designed to do so you know uh, i'm i'm obviously very satisfied about that yeah let's go back i mean it was Stephen that had mentioned it to you well originally it was kazuo Ishiguro. Uh, I, I had dinner with Stephen Woolley and Elizabeth Carlson, who are the two great English film producers who, with whom I've worked before, as I say. And I knew that the other guests were the Nobel Prize winning uh, laureate uh, Kazuo Ishiguro and his wife Lorna. But I fell asleep on the sofa because it had been a bit of a long day. <laughs> and I didn't, I got a phone call at like half past nine saying, where are you? So I had to scamper right across London. And I got there for dessert. But it was a good thing I did because at the end of dinner, Mr. and Mrs. Ishiguro said that we know what your next film should be. And I said, well, when you're ready, let me know. You know. And then a couple of weeks later, it turned out to be this. Uh, Mr. Ishiguro came to England as uh, a young boy of five and grew up in England. And therefore, Japanese art of various kinds, including movies, became very important to him. And Ikuru the Kurosawa movie made perhaps the biggest impression of all. And he'd always wanted to marry it with a kind of what they call Englishness. I'm sure there are characters like the character I play, Mr. Williams, in every culture, but we, we sort of take the rap for it, mm. us in England. That kind of repression, suppression, that kind of, uh, severe, extreme kind of modesty of conduct that people required of themselves, where you're not supposed to, you know, trouble any fellow human being with your concerns, and you're supposed to kind of apologize for dying, um, which, I, which I know is, you know, deeply unhealthy, and I'm sure the psychiatric establishment would have something to say about that, but I actually find it kind of very moving as well, and it involves a degree of heroism on occasion. But I think, therefore, uh, everyone is, you know, I procrastinate at an Olympic level and uh, I can put off anything you got for as long as you want. And when I die, there will be a long list of things that I didn't just didn't quite get round to, you know, and I don't think I'm alone in that. It's the great corrosive element in our lives. I don't know why it's included in the human DNA, but it's it's a, a very powerful, influential impulse. And I think everyone identifies with that, plus the fact, obviously, of the whole thing of mortality and, and, and trying to, the thing, everybody's project, which is trying to make the most of their lives and make the most of every day and not to have each day uh, contaminated by regrets from the past or fears of the future. I mean, that's everybody's project. That's what we're all trying to do. And everybody tries to do it in different ways, whether, you know. 
so and I, you know, including me, you know, I've tried, you know, I've always, I'm always, that's that's what I try and do. It's that irritating thing that people say sometimes, where they say, "Live every day as if it were your last." <laughs> well, you know, I can't pull it off. I don't know anybody who can. You know, it's yeah. pretty tr- difficult unless you just nearly got run over by a car, or you've had some kind of you know shock, and then you are for a few days or so. You yeah. you, you are. You know, you're electrified, and you and you do, and everything tastes nice, and everything's important, and every tree is a beautiful thing. You know, and it's like that. Yeah. But you can't you know keep that up for very long. So, uh, but this uh, this film does seem to. Um, as a mechanism for inspiration, it obviously works because people come out of the cinema feeling galvanized and, you know, intoxicated by it. Yeah. And it's hopeful too, you know. Yeah. I think that's what's great about it. I, you know, you talk about the – I guess it's a stiff upper lip, right? We don't – as Brits, we that's what we do, right? We don't express. Everything's inside. Like – how did you navigate Mr. Williams? Was that easy to navigate, given that's part of our culture, right? Like, well, yeah, it wasn't. I, I, I'm very interested in that. I'm fascinated by that, you know. And I do kind of. I I mean, I shouldn't, as I said before, but I kind of in, admire it. I mean, I know it's not healthy, and I know that there are many drawbacks. Um. And I don't want to go back to the 1950s where people, where there was, where it was extreme. Um, but, uh, but it wasn't, wasn't difficult for me to, uh, to kind of slip into that. And I was, you know, I was around. I was one of those kids in the playground. I was in those dreadful shorts. I was, uh, I was four years old when this movie was, was made. It's weird when you look at black and white footage and you think, wow, that's a long time ago. And then you realize you were there. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of alarming. But, uh, so I was born into that atmosphere, you know, and my, I'm not playing anybody. I'm not doing my father or anything like that. But my father was not unlike the character in the film, you know, only in as much as a lot of the men and women mostly. But it, I mean, in terms of, I mean, Gender was very specific and, you know, and it was expressed in certain ways, you know, as we know in those days. So it was, and I knew I would have been around lots of men who were one way or the other, you know, trapped in that kind of, um, in that restraint, that degree of constraint that uh, people required of themselves at that time. It's amazing how elaborate the... uh, it's like every generation or every culture or the human species seems to find more and more, always seems to find, whether it's religious-based or religion-based or or politically-based or whatever, just finds, you know, some, a new elaborate way to absolutely make sure that nobody has a good time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. either whether it's East Germany during the communist period or whether it's, you know, strange customs where they you know religions that subjugate women or whether it, you know there's, there's always some very complicated arrangement which basically means we all suffer yeah you know and that's and we had our own version of that which was that you were supposed to keep everything to yourself you know i mean and also you've got a generation coming back of men coming back from the war 
and women having to have suffered through the war, not knowing if their men were coming back, and in terms of London, living in a city where you didn't know who was going to wake up the next day. Yeah. Where, you know, people have nostalgia for the blitz, for that wartime London. And, and, and I think what they really have is nostalgia for those movies. I think it's nostalgia. It's sort of movie nostalgia because mm. you can't really have nostalgia for a period where, you know, hundreds of thousands of people died, were, were slaughtered by German bombing and where, part, you know, you wouldn't know which part of the city was still going to be standing the next day. And the, the city was decimated, you know, savagely bombed during the Second World War. And then everybody was supposed to just, you know, then the war ended and everyone was supposed to just uh, resume where they'd left off and carry on with their lives. And all that trauma, all that fear, all that pain, all that suffering um, was supposed to be dealt with on your own. You know, mm. just get on with it. You weren't supposed to, you know, make a fuss. You weren't supposed to, you know, trouble anyone else with it. Um, and that, you know, that's that's a lot of people to be suffering from various forms of post-traumatic, uh, uh, whatever that expression is, post-traumatic syndrome. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's a lot of that's a lot of pain, and um, maybe that you know and. And also, I'm playing a man who is sort of institutionalized, not sort of, who is inst institutionalized in grief anyway, because he lost his wife when he was very, mm -hmm. when she was young, you know, so he's, and his life and his personality and everything, and his, his style or his conduct is all formed around that loss. And, uh, and he works in an institution which is specifically designed to, to make sure that nothing gets done. So, yeah. you know, that's a, a recipe for disaster. But then he has this kind of transformation. Yeah. What was it like working with Sandy Powell as a costume designer and going through that transformation where you wear the bowler hat and then the trilby? Yeah. Well, she, you know, it's very simple working with Sandy Powell. You just do whatever she says because <laughs> she's, you know, the three-time Oscar-winning costume. You know, she's one of the most <clears> – excuse me. It's very um, – <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's very simple working with Sandy Powell. You just do whatever she tells you to do. She is the most one of the most eminent costume designers in the history of costume designers. She's got three Oscars or something of that kind, and she's tremendous to do business with. But you, but I used to, you know, normally I would kind of euphemistically. Uh, I would sort of negotiate with costume designers and try and get a few things in them, you know. But with Sandy, I didn't bother. I just went, <laughs> "Yep, absolutely, whatever you say, Miss Pearl." And uh, and and the kind of, and the the director Oliver Hermanis, who comes from South Africa, and has never made a film outside of South Africa, and was and was asked by two film freaks, Stephen Woolley, the producer, and Kazuo Ishiguro, they have seen everything. They've seen everything, mm. every genre of movie. And one of their special areas of interest is black and white British films, 30s, 40s, and 50s. So then they approach this young man from South Africa and say, right, make that, do that. And they threw millions of films at him, and he watched every film, black and white film. And he said, I saw my part of my job was to make a black and white film in color. And what? And he was very much aided in that by Helen Scott, the designer, and by Sandy Powell, who would throw in every now and again a very strategic splash of color, mm. 
And in the office, for instance, all the the walls are black. I mean, Jamie Ramsey, the brilliant cinematographer, just hung his head in despair. He's like, <laughs> how, what am I, how am I supposed to light it? You know, because the whole thing was black. All the guys are in black or gray suits. Right. And the one, not even color, but the one splash is Amy Lou, Amy, the brilliant Amy Lou Woods in a white blouse because she is the kind of breath of fresh air. And then occasionally there'd be a, she was at one point put in a bright yellow dress to make a, a point because she is like sunshine. And, um, so, you know, they, they're very, very, uh, it was, it was minutely, uh, scheduled all that color and uh and it's uh and sandy power was a big part of that yeah i love that and i love the like amy she's so brilliant and those colorful dresses that she wore um so i read that you don't watch your performances so you've not seen this film that people are saying it's your finest hour the best performance yeah no i haven't and that's how it should be that's fine at the moment everything is fine people like the film uh if i see it I'm, it's, all of that is stolen from me and I'm robbed of that because if I see it and I know there's no logic in it, it doesn't make any sense. And it's not because I'm, well, I am vain, obviously, but I'm not, it's not because I'm older and, and more complicated to look at. It was the same when I was young. I gave up watching myself very early on because it undermined me to such a degree that it made it harder for me to go to work again you know it's i don't learn anything it doesn't it's not helpful in any way Uh, i know it's probably a form of dysmorphia professional dysmorphia or something i don't know but there's no it doesn't matter what it is it's just a practical consideration i uh, i can't afford it um and i'm not it's not for me it's for other people and i used to you know struggle when i was a younger person when people said anything positive about anything i'd done I thought it was either a conspiracy or it were, either they were being kind or they were being not very bright, you know. Uh, but now, I, now I've accepted that there is a, a pretty sizable disparity, thank the Lord, between what they see and what I feel. Um, I, you know, I'm better than I used to be, but, but it would not be any different if I watched. If I watched this film, the whole success of the film and everything would be taken away from me because I would look at it and I would just go, seriously, are you for real? It's yeah. this, you know, that, you know, I mean, I'm, I am very, very, because uh, all I see are the bits where I didn't quite pull it off or I do that right. thing I always do, that default thing I always do when I can't quite pull something off, you know, and I, or I should have done it, the, you know, that's all I see. I don't see anything, you know, and why risk it? And it's perfectly right. Life is good. Life is good when I don't watch. Yeah. What if like your movies like on TV, because love actually is almost always on. Around. I grab the remote I, <laughs> as soon as I can get to the remote. I mean, you know, over the years I've seen bits and pieces, Yeah. never happily. It's always like, why like that? And why didn't you cut your hair? I always think I've got too much hair. Not in more recent times, but when I was younger. But then directors always used because I, I, I used to play kind of sort of slightly dodgy men, you know, mm. slightly worrying guys, you know, and they always had their hair was always just slightly too long for their age. And, um, and, and directors would always say, oh, don't cut your hair. 
So it wasn't entirely my fault, but I always look, whenever when I do catch a glimpse of myself in older things, I think, why didn't you cut your hair? At least cut your hair, you know. Anyway, love that. Um, so you're here in LA for a few days. How are you finding it as a Brit? Like, is there something that you always bring with you from the UK? I used to do that when I used to come to. Funny LA. you should say that. Yeah, what did you bring? I used to bring like Ribena. I oh, love right. Ribena, yeah, yeah. and then sometimes tea because tea yeah. in America. Is well, just... I yeah, quite. I mean, I take tea. I smuggle Yorkshire tea into America and every other country I go to. I travel with. I have a shoe bag, a sack, a small sack <laughs> of Yorkshire tea because if I run out of Yorkshire tea, the game's up. Yeah. And I used to smuggle Marmite. I got busted a couple of times at the airport for Marmite. They don't allow that. Well, I, 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 I was greedy. I took a too big a jar and the guy said, you can't take that. And I said, come on, it's Marmite. And they were all sort of laughing. And I, and he said, no, you can't have it. And I said, well, can't I take some of it out and put it in a smaller thing? Cause I was going away for quite a long time. He said, there's no decanting of Marmite this side of security. I said, can I see that in writing? And they, and he said, you can't have it. So they took it away. But the young man who was seeing me through the airport was apparently so moved by this. While I was sitting waiting for the plane, he went and to all the cafes around Heathrow and he got me all, uh, 32 of those little plastic oh marmites in a bag. Yeah. And which got me through the film. I mean, just. But uh, so, yeah. But uh, the other thing I used to bring to Los Angeles when I first started coming to Los Angeles, weirdly, not weirdly, but was Harold Pinter's poetry. Interesting. Because Harold, I I fell in love with a couple of particularly a couple of um, his love poems, which became very, very important to me. And then I bought special editions of his poetry. And uh, and I used to carry them to Los Angeles as a kind of bit of ink, bit of, a bit of, because you can't, because I figured it was sort of, it's like the Rolling Stones. I think of them as not British. I think of them as English. Mm. And, uh, and I used to bring, you know, a lot of st- I'd bring in the days when you carried CDs, I would bring the complete works of the Rolling Stones and Harold Pinter's poetry. I love that. Okay, last question, Bill. Is Love Actually a Christmas movie? Is Love Actually a Christmas movie? Uh, well, I think so, <laughs> given that the whole world seems to watch it every Christmas. Um, but yeah, I guess so. I've never, I've never doubted that it was a Christmas movie. Um, it's certainly a Christmas phenomenon. <laughs> and um yeah i and every christmas because i you know i get lots of people singing that song to me in the street and you know and in restaurants and if i walk in a anywhere where there's a, a professional piano player you know like a hotel lounge or, as soon as i walk in they start playing i feel it in my fingers i feel it in my toes yeah. um so i i think we can we can confidently conclude that yes it is a christmas movie that's bill nye star of living now currently in theaters. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis. We'll see you on the circuit.